to Homie and the Dude, the father and son podcast. Uh, today you are watching D&D Diaries, The Road to Streaming. Um, we are doing our second episode today. This is the first session. So um, in our first episode, we discussed how we discovered Dungeons and Dragons and got excited about wanting to learn how to play the game and possibly create some content in the future for Homie and the Dude um, through Dungeons and Dragons. So from there, we watched some streaming groups do it. We watched the acquisitions team, we watched Node, uh, and we purchased the starter pack, which has the campaign, The Lost Minds of Fandelver, a phenomenal campaign. Um, we came up with a game plan together. We both decided that we were going to get a group of family members that we thought were um, a good enough team that could learn the, learn the game together and we could decide whether uh, there was value in us progressing trying to make content through Dungeons & Dragons or whether it was going to be something we just did for fun yeah. in our spare time. And that was, that was like a, a pretty, and it still is, a pretty daunting decision. When you see some of the content out on the internet, mm. you're like, could we ever do that? And then you always, all, always have to come back and be like, no, we can't do that, but we can do our own thing. Yeah. Right? And that's or, what we always have to say to ourselves. We can do that right now, but right. we can do something like that in the future. We, we will get there, yeah. do you know what I mean? Um, so for the first session prep, it was interesting. It was my first time being a dungeon master, and it was your first time being a player. So I'll talk about me being a dungeon master first. So on, on the side of DMing, one thing that I regret now, retrospectively, is I used the basic rules that came in the starter pack to learn how to play the game. Now, don't get me wrong, I was already extremely overwhelmed when I opened the starter pack <laughs> to realize that there was two full books, one with an entire plot that I needed to like read through and learn and understand, and then a whole nother book that gave me rules and how to play and all this other stuff. Um, but what I would say is the player handbook is a lot more detailed in the rules. There was questions that I began having when we did start playing that the basic rules didn't answer for me. Um, and I needed to then venture elsewhere to find them, which was purchasing a player handbook and, and, and reading that through and learning that or things in the Dungeon Master's Guide and stuff like that to allow me to run the game better. So. The basic rules that come with the starter pack are phenomenal and they are a great place to start. However, I do feel that there is some stuff lost um, that is in the player handbook that can be helpful to have. So my advice is if you are getting into it, you don't have loads of money, stick with the starter pack. If you can get the starter pack with the player's handbook, it gives you not only a, a bigger list of spells, it gives you, you know, how to build your characters. It also then gives you a lot more detailed rules of how to play the game as well as uh, like downtime, uh, spell casting, all of it basically. So yeah. that was one of the first things that I came up against was I was like, wow, this is a lot of reading. I need to like dive into this. And if you remember, it took me about two weeks to fully get my head around the rules and around that adventure booklet and to like understand the plot, understand kind of what I'm like doing. Um, you, you definitely, you went hard though. Like it was mm. something, and I think it was, it was more than just, oh, I need to learn the rules of this. Like you were, you connected up a real passion and real excitement and all that stuff just kind of swept you along into preparing for this. And you were doing late nights and really, really sinking into it. Yeah, and so with prepping, something I learned is, and I think a lot of DMs do this in their first session and the first time they DM is, you over-prepare because you, you know that the game is random and that things can happen. 
but you almost want to be prepared for every scenario. And something that now retrospectively as a DM that I've run like nearly 10 sessions or something, I realize that doing a, <laughs> over, over preparing in that way doesn't work because you can try and prepare for all eventualities, but your players will always surprise you with something that you didn't prepare for. Yeah. Or they will do stuff that you didn't prepare for, but like is less than what you've prepared for almost. Like they don't go to the extent that you've prepared. So there's all this extra time that you've put in that wasn't even needed to be there. Now, don't get me wrong, having background information, having stuff to be able to draw on and do, super helpful. Like yeah. writing our homebrew, the fact that we've written it and we know what's going on and I can give lore and stuff like that as like information and whatnot um, means that I'm a lot more like freed up in terms of my prep. But just so everyone knows and just how it went, um, what I did was I took the adventure book and for me as a dyslexic, reading something that like detailed uh, while we're live and doing something is quite hard. So what I did was I actually just paraphrased a lot of the adventure book into bullet points um, that was color coded. I did like red um, to label like what monsters were what and any time that there was a DC, like a saving DC for like a trap or like a to fall down like a crag or something like that. You know, I, I wrote down the DCs and whatnot in a red pen so that they stood out to me against the black as well. What I realized again straight away in the first session is that all of this writing was almost for nothing. Like I, I could work off of the adventure book a lot easier. Um, but I, I didn't realize that like actually, I, I say I realized it almost straight away. It did take me a couple of sessions to reduce the amount that I was prepping because I was still nervous and wanting to be prepared for everything. But I did realize straight away after that first session that I had way over prepared. I had dialogue that I wanted, uh, the bugbear in the in the uh, Cragmore hideout. Um, is it Cragmore hideout? Or Cragmore cave, maybe. Three hours later. Cragmore hideout is where it was. Cragmore castle is later. Oh on. yeah, yeah. So uh, at the the bugbear in there called like Grog or something. The 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 main like boss, I guess you could call of the dungeon. Uh, I had some like dialogue that I wanted him to put in. I'd researched like what was a god that bugbears believed in and I'd made it so that like as you guys killed him, he was going to be like, oh, it's okay because I'm going to be with my god kind of thing. And, I, and in the moment, everything's happening so fast that I couldn't think about getting that dialogue out. I couldn't think about using half of the prep that I'd done because you guys were making decisions and doing stuff and I was having to react and describe and, you know, narrate and blah, 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 blah. And roll and like calculate. And exactly, and so there was very little time for me to think about the shit that I had actually written down. So I over-prepared massively. Can I, I just, can I throw something out there? Go for it. I'm just picturing now like, the ideal game when like the players are introducing so much creativity, mm. by definition, that creativity is gonna take you off of a path that you've never thought about. Yeah. Right? And you want that to happen. Mm -hmm. That's what creates those magical moments where you're like, when you're watching acquisitions or you're watching like, you know, um, Critical Role, any of those, and, and it's just like, you know, you watch it and you're like, oh wow, that <laughs> where did that come from? There's, the DM is saying the same thing, but yeah. the, if your perspective is, I actually want those moments to happen, 
but I can never prepare for them. It's a different perspective than I, I'm, I need to cover all my bases. A hundred percent. And I think something else that you just mentioned there is like, you know, when your parent, uh, when, when your players do something that is like out of the ordinary or something that you're not expecting is also just going with something that a lot of DMs talk about, the rule of cool, which is if it's something that is cool is something that like is an awesome part of the game where someone came up with something creative like a great example is in our first session uh one of our players uh who was playing our dwarf cleric um at the time uh used a a, a cantrip to try and vibrate this cavern and move some rocks to create a waterfall that then washed some people away basically now that cantrip isn't really meant to be used for that but i let her roll an arcana check and do it nonetheless and she succeeded on the arcana check and what happened what followed was awesome it was. it was the best part of the session because it was so creative it was so different to anything that we thought of and it meant that she dealt with one of the enemies that you guys were facing in a way that wasn't just swing a sword cast a spell you know it was a very creative way of dealing with someone so I agree that, yeah, you, the mentality of I need to be ready for everything, but I can't prepare for everything is yeah. the advice that I would give to DMs of you need to know the story, read that adventure booklet like three or four times, read the section, the, the session that you were running. If you are just running to the end of the Cragmore hideout or you're running till they get to Fandelver for the first time in that first session. Um, Cool, read that over five times, six times. Know what the DCs are, know where someone is gonna be, know what's gonna be around the corner because it's gonna help you. Like when, uh, the only way I can describe it is as an actor, if you know your lines, you can then emote. If you know what you have to say, you're not thinking about what you need to say which yeah. means that you have space to emote in your brain function. Same with dancing. If you know a choreographed dance piece, if you know the moves and you aren't looking at someone else relying on them to show you what the moves are, then your brain power is free to make it a performance rather exactly. than it being just a dance. That's exactly what I was gonna say. It's, it's, yeah, it's taking it out of that very prepared, linear, prescriptive, like understanding of something, mastering that bit so that you can be really present in the world and allow surprises to happen and be prepared for those surprises because you have this bit down and this bit can adapt to any anything that comes along as a as a player mm -hmm. that's that's where you want to be as a player for me there was just no chance and still like i and we still don't know like what my role is going to be in this and i have reservations of being a player going forward serious reservations probably but just because i don't think i'm comfortable enough in that performance side of things and not to say that that's an important part when you're playing with friends but when we're talking about streaming you have to consider it you have it's, to consider it. it's even it's even a step further you're performing when you are with your friends because role play and stuff requires that performance anyway but when you are doing it for a stream when we when you and i visualize what we want a stream to be it is a performance just like when we perform on our podcasts when we perform on our live streams it is a uh, it's a version, it's a the better version of us. It's a best version of us that we can portray in that moment for entertainment's sake. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and if, if, if we look at like Critical Role or Dimension 20 or you know all the ones that we're, we really love, if you take a meta perspective of it, they're playing the game, right? But they're also, it's, it's, an, it's an entertainment vehicle for the audience, us mm -hmm. to watch, right? And they know that. Yeah. 
So although they're playing the game, they also have that in the back of their mind, that this is entertainment. So there's an element of that. Whether we like it or not, whether purists like it or not, yeah. that's just the reality of it. For streamers, that is. For, for, for streamers. For people who are playing just at home, it's yeah. a completely different thing. Yeah. But what I would also say is, so at the end of this first session, we came away from it going, oh shit, there's something <laughs> here. We, we all, everyone who played was like, wow. That was we did. Just so you know as well, we did an eight-hour session. Was our first session because I wasn't prepared. I I didn't realize that you know like you need to budget that time or anything or like how much can you credit? Like I, I had no idea the time scale of how long it takes to do things, especially with new players who we need to read rules. I'm a new DM, so I need to read the rules. I need to check things and blah 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 blah. Yeah. We did an eight-hour session for our first session, and. We all came away very burnt out, but we all loved it. We yeah. were all stoked and we were all like, wow, this is something that is magical. And even if we don't create content, we will 100% continue playing this um, as a family um, for, for entertainment outside of, uh, outside of this. But um, some things that I reflect on that were, so positive moments were like, yeah, we came away being like, wow, this is it. And we want to make content about this. And it started us on the path that we are currently on, which is making this series for you guys and working towards having a streaming group playing our homebrew campaign that we are working on. Um, but some things that I learned from that first session as a DM, preparation and how you prep is very, very important. And it's very different depending on what campaign you're doing, what type of players you have, uh, what type of DM style you want to do. Um, and you started discovering, you started actually finding out what style you were suited towards and what style you needed to work on, like all those different aspects of DMing, you started really 100%. taking inventory of what you brought to DMing world. Yeah, you're totally right. And it made me consider, like, I think we all realized that my combat was really good. Not as in my rule, my knowledge of the combat rules was really good. My description of what combat looks like and the actions of what players take is really good. I'm, I'm decent at because I watch a lot of, we do MMA, um, because I have loved combat and action movies and like uh, especially fancy action, uh, samurai stuff. Sword play combat for me is quite easy to describe. I, I, I'm quite good with that. So we however strongly realized that role play was not my strong suit at all and that role play was something I needed to work on. And actually the drip feeding of information as well as also the, um, the voices being consistent and the making yeah. them different and playing that character's mannerisms based off of their backstory and stuff was stuff that we realized that I really wasn't as apt at straight away. But um, it gave me some things to work on. Uh, the final thing that I definitely learned, so other than knowing that my style was very specific towards combat um, and that uh, I had overprepared, was that the rules were a lot more complex than I was expecting. That I had to, as a DM, dive into the rules and the background of this game so that I could make it better for you guys. And that's what led to the next couple of months, me reading constantly uh, Dungeons and Dragons groups, threads on Reddit, um, you know, any wiki stuff that I could find, my Dungeon Master's Guide, my Player's Handbook, you know, and it led to me uh, really, really diving into all that stuff. Um, but what I will say is that it's a big task, these rules. There's a lot of them. Um, 
but don't feel bad if you don't remember all of them. The one thing that I beat myself up and I still beat myself up on is when at the end of a session I go, fuck, I forgot that rule or I didn't do that or I didn't apply that or God damn it, like I'm better than this. Yeah. And I beat myself up on it, but I can say it's not something to beat yourself up on. It's something that you learn each time and I'm starting to go every time that I do forget something, I remember it the next time. Every time I remember it the next time. And so I think with the rules, just take bite-sized chunks. Keep working at them and take bite-sized chunks was what I learned and what I really worked on. Um, and even 10, 11 sessions in at this point, I still am rocky on the rules because we take weeks off here and there and I forget rules and I remember certain things. And so rules are a big one for me. I have an analogy. Go on. It's like a basketball game, mm -hmm. a high scoring basketball game, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say it's 100 to 110. Mm -hmm. If you get a rule wrong, it's like a referee missing a call. Yeah. It's not going to affect the game, right? The better team is going to win in that game and the experience is going to be the experience. I think it's the same with rules, like not to be so wrapped up or devastated in missing a rule because the experience, that rule, whether you got, you know, a DC wrong or, you know, however your judgment call was on a certain situation is most of the time is going to be a subtle little, little shift that's mm. not going to be an experiential like, oh, wow, that that mess things up. It's not going to be that at all. And it's something that I hope when we do create the stream that people, you know, give me allowance for is, you know, that I am going to fuck up, you know, certain rules here and there and I will overcorrect them the next time and I will, you know, undercorrect and I will, you know, it's a, it's a moving target, I feel. And I think um, I, I, I fully agree with you that it seems as well from the player standpoint, from what you've told me from when you've played the games that there's times where you don't notice it, where I notice that I'm messing up and you guys don't. And thus it's easier for me to, and it's the classic thing that they say when you're on stage as, as a stage performer, if you fuck something up, pretend you meant to fuck up <laughs> on purpose because no one off that stage knows that you weren't meant to do that. You know, yeah. the audience you, doesn't know what they don't know. Exactly. The, the, the people watching don't know the people who are playing also don't know. Um, all the way through to, you know, that's why me forgetting a piece of dialogue that I wanted to put in makes very little difference to the situation. Yeah. Um, and, and why that proves that that is over preparation because it doesn't affect the game. It doesn't need to be done. Is it a nice little tidbit to have added in? Yes. Have I since added bits of dialogue like that in when characters do die? Yes, but I do it improvised. I do it in the moment based off of their character, not pre-written. I do it off of what is happening in that moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a big part of my, my kind of opinion on the first session. What about you? Do, you? do you have anything else you want to say about being a player during the first session? Yeah, so I felt like I was really self-conscious and because I wanted to be a certain type of player. I wanted to be really role play and really mm. interacting in a way that was, you know, embodying the character and maybe the, the, the accent and all. I'm just not good at that. Mm. I'm just not good at that. Um, but I think so since then we've moved on and I've been able to sort of form a character that's more, just more comfortable to me. Mm. And I can lean into those aspects a little bit more and I can actually be find my creativity in something that's closer to me. So what I would say as a player, sure, we want to aspire to be, you know, something that's really fun and really creative and that's cool. And I think that aspiration is, is probably the right thing. 
but really don't be hard on yourself because it's it's really hard like the whole role playing i mean the whole rules thing for me was overwhelming mm. so knowing the rules making sure that i knew like what i was what dice i was rolling what you know what exactly was happening was it an action was it a you know was it an ability check was it a skill you know like all that stuff was super overwhelming for me and then also to try to be a character was too much and i felt like at the end i felt like hmm I don't even know if I can do this. And since then, I found my little niche that I can play the game that I like. And that's the main thing, really, is to play in the game that you enjoy how you play the game and not judging yourself to not doing some things that other people can do more naturally than you. Find the thing that you can do really naturally and lean into that thing. And you know what is a perfect example? And I know they won't mind me saying this. One of our players in our family group is really quiet. They typically aren't very forward with the decision-making. Uh, they typically are happy to go with what the group does. Um, however, they're very hilarious, their one-liner, their, their one-liner burns on people are amazing. <laughs> um, the role play that they do interact with is really, really good. Um, but their niche is they're very good in combat. They know how their combat works and they, they're actually really good in combat and they work really hard then. Um, as opposed to, you know, for example, one of our other players who is very boisterous, very, does a lot of the talking, does a lot of the forward talking, will make, will suggest decisions and come up with ideas for the team, you know. So yeah, and do you know what's interesting as a DM? I've got to make the game work for all those different playstyles. Like we have one guy who's a power hungry monster. He just wants to be the strongest, most powerful. So I've got to try and appease in some ways, giving him power, but also restraining him enough to make sure that he's not the all powerful. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I've got to make sure that you are playing it or having the opportunity to role play and that you want to, and that, you know, so on and so forth. So I think we really, really want to build this world where, where it's a, a good one for everyone. And I think as a DM, like you said, rules, playing a character, and then like for a DM, so I'm like rules, NPC playing a character, then like narrating, description, combat, like all that kind of stuff. Them together. And to, to be honest with you guys, I will say this, me and Tom wanted to make this a very honest series with you guys. D&D yeah. is hard. Dungeons and Dragons is hard. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of work for Dungeon Masters specifically because of how much they put into it behind the scenes for a four hour, three hour session, you know, that can be a week, two weeks worth of work for a DM, especially if they are writing a homebrew as opposed to running um, one of the pre-made or pre-written uh, modules that exists. Um, it gives you so much more appreciation for some of the stuff that you're seeing online yeah. as well. And just how, and, and, and to be fair, they've had years of cultivating character relationships and also experience in the game and it comes out like and each session we have a more of a level of comfort in our space in our ability and mm -hmm. our and um, our creativity and all of that but it is yeah it's it's pretty daunting at first so I think it's really important just to contextualize that just not to if you if there's aspects of it that you enjoyed I would say stick with it and mm -hmm. like lean into those aspects a little more as opposed to being too critical about yourself. The rules will come as you play the rules yeah. will come as you play. Um, the the role play and understanding how to role play and stuff will come as you play. But the, another thing I would say is if people are struggling at the beginning, something that helped all of us was going out into the internet and finding these groups that do play Dungeons and Dragons, watching how they do it mm. and kind of understanding and learning from, you know, like you do, like, like any kid does when they first pick up a sport, you watch a basketball player and they learn from watching that, you know, so on and so forth. And 
Uh, it was the same thing for us. You know, we use people like Critical Role, Dimension 20 Acquisitions, Node. You know, we've got a bunch of these streams that we watch and we gain, and each one is completely different. Like, you know, especially DM to DM. Chris Perkins is a completely D different DM to Sam from Node, completely different to Matt Mercer in Critical Role, uh, completely different to Brendan Lee Mulligan in D20. And that's what it's all about is that you can, there's content out there where you can work on yourself and get better, but understand that it's a completely individual and, and a, individual for you and what you experience, but it's a group thing and of how you all work together as a team and stuff. So it comes down to, you know, if you're all enjoying it, if you're all having fun, then it's, it's definitely worth it. I think two things. One is don't be too hard on yourself and don't be too judgmental of others because yeah. if, if, if you're expecting some sort of experience, then it's probably not going to meet exactly what your expectation is. It's going to be an experience, but that organic, like let's just let everyone kind of mm. roll with what they're good at. And um, uh, something else to mention is people talk about the critical role effect, how everyone like wants it to be like critical role, why isn't it like incredible and amazing? Like, blah. And it's like, you know, especially for us starting out, like I know I felt like, why isn't my DMing like amazing? And slowly as we've gone through the process, I've become more okay with the fact that I'm learning and I'm getting better. And it will be, you know, three years, four years, five years before I'm like an exceptional dungeon master, you know, yeah. because it's going to take me time to build that repertoire of knowledge, voices, characters, um, uh, plot, like writing ability, all of it that comes with being a dungeon master. So I think, yeah. Um, the other thing I would say is be nice to your DMs, guys. L like, especially if they're new. Like, take it easy on them because they're working their ass off for you, and they're they're doing the best that they can to provide you guys with a cool session. Um, and the other thing I would say is, as players, spend time learning your characters. Learn how to play your characters. Google, you know, rogues. Learn how to like use their abilities in combat. You know, make sure that you are ready to give the best version of that character as well if you're a player. Like, it, it makes it more fun for you if you know how to play your character. If you know you have a cunning action, it's gonna be much greater to dodge out the way than it is to get hit next turn yeah. if you're a rogue, do you know what I mean? Like, that kind of stuff. So, anyway, um, this has been session one, guys, the first session uh, episode. Um, Thank you all for watching. We're gonna get into uh, what we learned uh, following this first session and getting into like the midsection of a campaign uh, in the next episode. And that will be for the Lost Minds of Fandelver that we were working on at the time. Uh, hope you are enjoying this new D&D uh, Diaries series, uh, Road to Streaming for Homie and the Dude. We really appreciate you joining us. Thanks guys. Thanks guys. We're chugging through. We're loving doing this stuff for you guys. Um, if you wanna support us, if you wanna make sure that we can keep getting you know, better quality set, better quality lights, make the filming better. Bigger, um, bigger batteries for the camera. Bigger batteries for the camera. <laughs> yes! You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you can do that by just liking, following the page, and subscribing to the YouTube channel. That is what really makes a difference to us.